thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit experimental on my end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I've got some some podcasts that are yet to be released um, with my cousin, uh, and I'm sure it'll be very similar topics to what okay. we'll discuss. Yeah, what's and, what's your cousin into? <laughs> uh, I need to connect you guys because you guys should be okay. chatting <laughs> weekly uh, based on your channel. Yeah, for sure. Theology, um, you know, all that, all Just that good deep stuff. Deep ideas. <laughs> deep ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, tell me about your podcast. Okay, let me. Uh, so I started my podcast. I mean, you mentioned theology is the first thing associated with it. I was not that I'm trying to avoid that being the the center. I mean, it's a big part of my life. That's the stuff that I think about. But I started the podcast as sort of like a meta podcast podcast, where it was like okay. a podcast about not necessarily about podcasting, but like just noticing the moment of like, okay we're all starting to listen to these like two hour, three hour conversations. Mm. What is it that we find so interesting about? about conversation or I mean <laughs> obviously people have been having conversations forever but like I so our initial episode anyway was was just like a two-hour discussion of like what is a conversation which was a very weird but it ended up being a really insightful conversation okay um so I I I think I wanted to start it partly because I felt like okay there's, there's a weird moment that we're, we're we're listening to this more often so there's there's a, there's a place for something like this but also I felt like with the amount of kind of content that's filling all of our lives. Yeah, it's insane. It's yeah, it's it's an insane it's an insane amount of like input, but mm-hmm. but we're kind of progressively trading off our ability to actually mm. communicate very well, I feel like. Sure, sure, and even digest it. Like, yeah. you know, I I I'm, I'm guilty. I'm probably the same as you and you know, hammering whatever 4 hours a day through my ears. <laughs> and uh you know, and then and then if you can't discuss it, you know, how much are you really Right. Yeah. Absorbing. Well, I, I think that's a, like you said the word digestion is like that's probably a big part of what conversation is as well. It's mm. like so it's like we're, we're putting, you know, a th- throwing out a random number, but like we're putting out tons and tons of stuff into our our brains mm-hmm. constantly, but we don't really chew on it very well. So we don't for mm-hmm. one thing, we don't even know kind of how it's affecting us. But then we don't. We haven't really learned how to process it yet, and, and do anything with it. I guess. Right. It's just kind of any effect that's having us is like kind of totally passive. I guess. Right. So, so you wanted to start the podcast <laughs> because you were listening to so so many podcasts. It was yeah. It was, I guess it was more that I was like I was listening to podcasts, but it was like social media. It was YouTube. It's like there's so much just content. I guess. Right. And so the podcast for me was a was an opportunity to I guess practice talking about stuff again mm. and in a i mean the the topic was a little bit wider than that too because i noticed like it seems like it gets worse every year that like political tensions mm. Mm. um people struggle to talk to each other i was struggling to to have compassion for people who mm. who saw things differently than me mm-hmm. and then it started to be not just people that i could sort of brush off that weren't part of my life but became family members and it was sure. like okay especially during COVID, right exactly a lot of this just like kind of bubbled to the surface so it's like shit i need to figure out i mean if i don't if i can't figure out how to have a meaningful conversation with somebody with a radically different perspective than me mm. then pretty soon i'm not going to have a family anymore right right and that that was kind of where it was like okay I need to figure out some way to, to actually practice this, like work this muscle out a little right. bit. Right. Right. And it's, it, podcasting is so intentional. Yeah. You know, it's like we are going to have a conversation and the, <laughs> and the conversation will work. You know, it's not just going to devolve into 
whatever you know yeah. leaving well there's like a performance angle i guess to it where yeah. you're like you're both you're committed to okay well we're here we decided to do this we better not let this spiral into <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like i partly i think sometimes maybe i needed that I, I thought that was like a nice anyways added pressure to like okay i am going to to be patient i am going to be considerate i'm going to be charitable and i'm going to have a good conversation like it's like i'm going to put myself in a situation where there's no escape from like I've, I've just got to learn how to have, how to do this well. <laughs> right, right. So I want to back up a little bit, I guess, just because I've dug into your channel a little bit and, you know, my viewers won't have, uh, and it comes up in a certain number of your conversations is that you were raised evangelical and yeah. then fill in the blank. And then fill in the blank, yeah. Well, I mean... What? Yeah, what it, was your kind of yeah you know yeah yeah that that could be I mean <laughs> I've been trying to explore my answer to that question for a good chunk of what the that this podcast project has been because yeah as soon as you start actually having real conversations you start asking some pretty hard questions mm-hmm. I think and then I I think approaching difficult questions in a in a properly kind of humble way you don't necessarily end up with a simple answer and so it's a question for me it's like a it's a deep identity question. You know how, because so evangelicalism that's that's like a, a type of for people who don't know, you mm. know, it's, it's a it's a version, a strain, I don't know, of Christianity. Um, I guess probably associated mostly with yeah, North American Christianity, mm-hmm. like Protestant North American Christianity, and I guess also really associated with like uh, kind of Holy Spirit culture, which is like like Southern. Um, yeah, it could be like Southern. Southern. I mean. I don't think yeah, Southern Baptist wouldn't wouldn't fit in that category because okay. I think that's a different denomination. But right. it's it's like there's 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 connections between all these communities. Mm-hmm. But like my experience of evangelicalism is like um, a a really deep focus on like a personal relationship with God, right? And kind of exploring very uh, spiritual <laughs> like music. Okay, yeah, it was music like, and like jumping around and like okay. So I've never, I've, yeah, I've never been to an evangelical <laughs> service. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's not like a like a Catholic. You walk in like very somber. You know, it's not like a bunch of icons. It's like you get in there and it's a bunch of probably kind of geeky people playing, um, you know, but really heartfelt music and uh, raising their hands. Yep, and uh, usually singing together. And yeah, it's like it's 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 such an interesting thing for me. Like you said, okay, so I haven't even got to answer the question yet. You asked no, no, me, okay, no, so I grew no, up evangelical and then what? And it's like, every time I try to think about it again, it's like there's so much tension there because on one side well, of let it... Well, let me interrupt you quickly because I think in, you know, to some degree in my mind and I think in a lot of people's mind, evangelical is synonymous with, you know, um, you know, uh, like being, being Sorry, preachy. Offend me, yeah. No, I was gonna being, say, just being, go for yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. But but being like, you can. There's so many people who are just who are casual Catholics, right? But not. In, yeah, it's like not evangelism, evangel- right? Yeah, it's ex- like the other words, well, like, right? Yeah. That's what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. evangelism, evangelizing. Yeah. Yeah. I and I, I was actually doing some look looking into like what like where the name evangelical came from. I think evangel has something to do with somebody's take on uh just the gospel itself it doesn't necessarily like linguistically always it didn't always mean like some people that go out and like sort of try to shove their tradition down other people's throats right or i feel like that that right. definition came afterwards yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> how did that happen mm-hmm. um, uh but yeah it, it, that it was obviously another big part of especially my experience growing up in that culture was that 
that's what my family did is that I literally come from three generations back of of people who kind of felt so strongly about their um, spiritual convictions that like it's like we need to go around and tell people about this share the so share the good news yeah yeah yeah. so it was like so it started with my grandparents and then my parents took over their ministry and so I grew up on the road like touring nine months a year playing music in an evangelical uh touring ministry thing right where like my dad was preaching. Uh, we we had a family band. We, we, we all really? played together. Yeah, okay. it was so. <laughs> so there was no home base, though. It was a. It was a. Touring? No, there was, there was a home base. Okay, okay. that's what I said. I, I did grow up in Brantford. Um, no, but as far as a church goes, there sort of was. I mean, okay. yeah, it's like obviously when we were home, we would go to the same church right consistently. It's just yeah, we weren't home that much. It was like three months a year, sometimes sometimes less, sometimes more. As as it's kind of got later, so I mean. Part of part of this whole story is that evangelicalism seems like it's sort of winding down in some ways, okay. because and and part I mean you see a big angle of it was kind of the the touring like the sharing sharing the gospel with different people mm-hmm. that is just feeling I guess it's sort of gotten a bad name in some mm-hmm. ways, um, but even like within the church community these churches are not as interested in having kind of outside touring people come in and like share with them they they're kind of more kind of hunkering down like this is our this is our thing we're going to do it our way right so so there was as we've got up to like this moment my parents kind of continued on with their their ministry and it's like it's gone from like you know multiple so like it used to be when with my grandparents were doing it they would be doing church services six or seven times a week sometimes multiple times a day right this was like people were people went to church. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of gradually went down to, I remember as a kid, it was like, it was pretty normal to maybe there'd be a Wednesday thing. And then there was Sunday morning and Sunday evening church. Right. Okay. And then by the end of it, Wednesdays were becoming quite rare and nobody really wanted to go Sunday. I, I guess it was like probably just Sunday morning or maybe just Sunday evening. I think probably ended up just being just Sunday morning. A lot of times, I think that's probably how, uh, a lot of evangelical churches, that's their kind of schedule now. It's just like they do something Sunday morning and then maybe there's certain events throughout the week, but those are kind of more optional. Right, right. So what was your, um, you know, I think like anyone who was uh, raised going to church and, uh, you know, there comes a time when you're whatever, 11 to whatever it be, 19, and yeah. and, you know, kids are questioning you why you believe in God because their parents say God yeah, doesn't yeah. exist uh, and that's a bunch of nonsense and then you have to defend <laughs> your, your your beliefs. Oh, yeah. And then the exercise starts. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of took this personally. My, my, my mom always told me she named me Garrett because that meant brave warrior. Okay. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be a warrior for the faith, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I didn't necessarily, I wasn't like trying to, tear these kids apart, beat them up if they, if they question my faith. But I was like, I was into, I mean, we called it apologetics, right? That's where you like learn all of the arguments to defend oh, okay. your faith. Okay, and yeah. so people would ask me, and I would be like, yeah, this is how I know that evolution isn't true, okay? This is mm. how I know that God is real and he exists. And I have, I have, I got the math. It works out here, you know? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. And the, and the, if you look here, the chariots are here in the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can decode it. It's all in here yeah. in the book, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that really, really drew me in. I, I was, I was all into that, especially even all throughout high school. 
Mm. Yeah. It, Did you go to a public high school? No, I mean, touring most of most of the year, right? It, that, right. That wasn't really possible. So homeschooled. I, yeah, I was homeschooled. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so maybe you weren't as exposed as uh, a lot of kids were. No, definitely not. <laughs> right. Did you go to university? I well, no. I mean, I, I was going hard, man. I I went to Bible college. Wow. Okay. And Where? this wasn't even like an accredited, like real Bible college. This was like a kind of a an indie. I won't say it wasn't real. Yet. <laughs> um, th- there aren't a lot of schools that you could transfer the credits from this school to. Got okay? it. That's that's what we'll say. Got um, it. But it was a school primarily focused on sort of training people up to become missionaries and go to other countries and you know right and teach you know spread the spread the gospel, spread the good news. Yep. Right. And so. Was that, that was your plan? Well. It is your plan. I don't know. You know. No, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I, both of my sisters before me had gone to this school. And so I was just trying to figure out probably like most kids at that age, like, okay, it seems like I, I could go to this school. I could go to that school. I don't know. I have no idea what to do. How do, how do you be an adult? Mm. And so I was just, but I mean, the question for me was a bit deeper because I was like, okay, how do I be a good, you know, a good Christian? Mm. Like, what, what does that mean? Um, and so I thought, I mean, I had to kind of just look at the examples before me and I was like, okay, I guess if you, if you're really taking this stuff seriously, if you really want to figure it out, you, you got to go to Bible school and you got to like, you mm-hmm. know, get, get super, super real <laughs> with it. And yep. so I was like, okay, I, I thought maybe there's like some, some threshold I can pass and become like a true, deeply mature Christian. And then I'll like, then I'll know. I didn't, then you'll know you that you know. Yeah, exactly. I guess. But it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily drawn to like the missionary lifestyle. Right. I just, I thought, okay, I need to go to a, this school and like really learn how to do it, I guess. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a specific thing I was trying to learn how to do. I figured I'll figure out what it, what it is, what's my calling, I guess, right. at school, right? Right. And then, so forgive me for my ignorance. How old are you? I am 27 now. Okay. And that's not the path anymore to become a missionary. No. Well, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I didn't necessarily commit to that at any point at the school, but yeah, it was kind of progressively clear to me throughout my experience there that I'm, no, I don't think I want to do this. And they, they would kind of push it harder almost every year. It was like, okay, it's, they would do like a special event every year where all the different missionaries that were sponsored by that school would come back and they would share stories about like, this is what's going on and the mission field needs you. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know. That seems kind of weird. And partly, okay, I'll actually, I'll, I'll move the story forward here because I, 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 as, as I went to the end of school, I started running into those sort of sorts of questions. I would get really excited about answering when I was in high school that I had answers for in high school Mm. that I started to find some that I couldn't, answer as well and my kind of I had a growing bag of questions that didn't have immediate answers that I just couldn't reconcile I couldn't reconcile them with my faith I couldn't I just I didn't really know what to do with them and I had a good friend uh, at school that I ended up spending a lot of time with and having a lot of long conversations with and we were both kind of wrestling with this because we kept on getting you know just deeper into the weeds of, of stuff that it was like I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I could find a satisfying answer for that. I don't mm-hmm. know if, if, and so, yeah, it was just th- this huge amount of tension that grew because on the other side of it, these, these people who were here were really passionate um, about what they believed in. Um, I was passionate. Mm-hmm. I saw people talking about, you know, being able to sort of work miracles, like, you know, like 
classic, you know, you know, the stories in the Bible of like uh, Jesus heals the the leper or mm-hmm. brings the girl back to life. It's like these people believe deeply in that stuff, and they're like, yeah, that's for now. We can we can still do that if we believe that Jesus lives in us. Right. And it was like, and I, and I saw I had experiences that seemed like maybe maybe that is what happened. You know, I, I learned to to pray for people and like kind of hope that they would be healed. And, mm-hmm. and I had some situations where it was still I look back and it's I'm kind of. I don't, I don't know what happened there. It seems like something positive happened. It seems mm-hmm. like, did they get healed? Did they get healed because I prayed for them? Yeah. Like, how does that work? <laughs> right? So, I mean, when you run in, when you have in one hand a huge bag of unanswerable questions, and then on the other hand, you know, a bunch of experiences that kind of, that you don't know what to do with either, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's pretty hard. So, I, I, I yeah. didn't really have a clear direction after I was done school either. <laughs> right. 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 Huh. And your, but your family's obviously fine with whatever career path you take and, and all that. Yeah. I mean, they were obviously more considering how, how deep they are yeah. in this, they were more excited about the idea of me like doing something in ministry. Sure. Right. But no, I mean, I, ha- I have a, I have a pretty good relationship with my parents and, and they've been, you know, happy to see me succeed at whatever I can, whatever I can do. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where, where do where do you want me to go next? No, 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 no. I just wanted to you know kind of paint the picture a little yeah, bit yeah. and and um, because I I stumbled across your channel because you you're talking to all these um, you know all these super interesting guys as far as I'm concerned you know and kind of guys who are who are right under Jordan Peterson who he's constantly yeah, going yeah. back and forth with and like yeah, yeah. you know listening to so much Jonathan Pajot lately like the guy is a genius yeah um and so clearly you still have this uh very you know christian yeah, there's bent a, yeah <laughs> but but certainly a desire for truth yeah yeah exactly yeah so, and and I I it, I don't want there to be a, a hard you know disagreement between those two statements that you i'm a christian but i still care about truth that that shouldn't be a no no no, no it, it's not say, mutually right? exclusive at all right, yeah right. yeah but but i mean but you can say that and people can relate to it and they're like okay because a lot of the christians i you might have met in your life it's like especially you know certain extremely ideological christians it's like they didn't seem open to, to talking about anything they, they sure they seem ignorant about certain things or whatever it's like like anyone can be whatever exactly. they believe sure right? sure yeah, yeah. so yeah, I still, but I went through a time of trying to figure out, okay, can I, can I call myself a Christian anymore? How, how do I, how do I approach that? Because yeah, by the time I got done school, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just, I kind of just took a year and was by myself. I mean, it was an especially kind of unhealthy circumstance because I had, I moved away to go to school, right? And then I came home, but I came home not to like a place that I had spent, you know, 17, 18 years growing up in and, and building deep relationships with, right? I, I, right? I came home to a place that I had spent a few months a year in mm. and had friends that had all, you know, that, that I was friends with, but that hadn't, they kind of had their own lives and they had, they kind of had their own deeper friends that they saw all the time. Sure. And so it was like, I came home and everybody had kind of moved on with their lives, I guess. And yep. I didn't really have any place to go. So I just kind of sat with my thoughts and sat with, you know, with all, all these questions and I just kind of spiraled. Okay. I, I didn't, yeah, I, I got really, um, I, I, I probably now I would look back and I say I got deeply depressed. Um, and I kind of had to argue my way out of it. 
Mm. And it's interesting because I don't think that that's kind of the answer that I would always, you know, submit as like the way to get through a a deep depression or a deep struggle with questions is that you need to just find the answer. Mm. But I did wrestle with some of these questions until I found at least something that was, that was good enough to, to keep me, to keep me looking. I, I got to the place where, you know, I was you know, questioning everything. I was like, I, I don't know. It was like, it, it kind of went from theological to, to philosophical questions of like, right. does, how do I know? It was like, it went from, how do I know that God exists to how I, how do I know that I exist? Right. And then it was like, holy shit, how do I know that I exist? <laughs> right. And then, it's just like it it comes down, I guess, to questions about what knowing is. I don't know. It, it, it can sound really stupid if it's like if if that does, if that question doesn't hit you in a way that feels like it matters, yeah. then it's like why would you ask that? Right. But for for some reason, for me, it mattered, and then I got to this place where I was like, I really, how do I move on? I don't I don't know if anything exists. Mm. I, I I had like a a matrix moment, I guess, where it was just like everything feels fake. Right. Right. And, <laughs> so how did you how did you build yourself? Because it's so funny, like the way you said that. I think it's it would probably be easy to question, you know, uh, question. You said you questioned your way out, um, you know, or answered your way out. Like you know, the rational mind could probably question your way into the depression, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I always think, you know, the way out of of places like that for me, anyways, are, um, you know, through action, not through yeah. through. Um, contemplation yeah. uh you know through just going out and going like yeah, i like just I, go for a drive <laughs> go for a run go for a run yeah, yeah go, go just go be in the world like it's like you'll stop you'll stop wondering if the world is true if you just go do something exactly in it, right? yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but i think i think i think i needed at least some like just because that that whole realm of like of of arguing and of like mm. i mean that that had become a deep part of me since i was a teenager right mm-hmm. i needed to at least have some foundation there i needed to have something For to work sure. with yeah and ultimately what it came down to it wasn't necessarily so much an answer to all of the questions but it was just i got to a frame that i was a little bit happier with f- for how to approach um argument and, and how to approach sort of rationality mm-hmm. which was just that like I, I guess it's just that I, I, I don't take anything for granted. I get to, the only things I get to sort of know or have supposed certainty on are, are I only get to gamble on certainty, I right. guess. And it's like, right. so from there it was like, okay, it's not, it's not that, that everything doesn't exist, certainly. It's that, okay, I, I, I get to have the experience of things existing if I'm willing to sort of have faith in them. Well, that's, yeah, that's right? exactly what I was going to say. Is like, <laughs> that's where faith comes in, right? Exactly, yeah. Because, you know, and that it was good. Right. You know, and, and that you, you know, that your actions hopefully will produce the desired outcome. Right, yeah, exactly. It becomes much more like, I think it was a helpful frame, though, because, you know, it, I guess especially when I'm having these conversations when I'm a teenager, the... It's, it's like a fundamentally different question between, or there's always this sort of dichotomy of like, okay, well, why do you believe in God? Mm. Um, I only believe in things that I can see. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's like when I went down that rabbit hole of, okay, what do I believe? And, and then realizing that, that every act of belief involves a, a you know, a setting aside of, uh, of totally rational things you could think that would cause you not to believe anything. Like when you, when you frame every action of belief as one of faith, Mm-hmm. Then it, then it, then, you know, it's still a huge jump to go and, and believe in some, 
sort of invisible being or abstract being or something like that. Sure. But it's not a fundamentally different sort of, of, of belief than believing in yourself or believing in, you know, the person being in front of you. Right. Right. It's, it's right. still the same action. It's just it, it maybe is a, is a bit more of that action. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So then, um, you know, at that time, like for me, uh, yeah. you know, I was always curious, a very like a curious kid and, and I'm uh, three years older than you. So about the same age. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when YouTube came around, it, it was like, OK, you know, game on. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you can look up um, anything you want, like all these all these arguments. How do you prove, yeah, you yeah. know, that God exists? How do you? Uh, you like you know I've listened to almost every Alan Watts lecture on YouTube okay. or you know stuff like that yeah. and uh, and then obviously discovering kind of Jordan Peterson lectures right around whatever 2015 or yeah, 16 yeah, yeah. when when he you know came to prominence um, okay so, so you were a little bit earlier on that train then because I was gonna say I, I don't think I had heard of of Jordan Peterson until a bit later on until probably it was like just shortly before uh Okay, maybe it was on 2017, I guess. Okay, so I think I think it was the first um, the first time anything went viral of his. I was like, okay, who is this guy? And then I watched all of his university lectures. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to U of T virtually yeah. <laughs> watching his, you know, his yeah, psychology yeah, yeah. lectures. And I was like, this guy is on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to date, like that's that's definitely his most solid stuff. I think is just those university lectures. That was like. That was super, super good, super interesting, super insightful. I think, I mean, that was part of what kind of got me through some of those those deeper questions too, was just mm. here was a really, at least to me, a really foreign perspective on Christianity that didn't, you know, it, it didn't line up with the way that I had been thinking about it, right? But but it didn't discard it either. It, didn't, it wasn't sort of disrespectful. It was like, it was just very honest and like, or I guess it just seemed genuine. It was like, okay, I really want to ask some questions about this. Right. And it didn't make some of the same, you know, it didn't fall into the same boxes or the same dichotomies that I had grown up with. And I mean, I brought up that there was a, a strong, like either you believe in the Bible or you believe in evolution. Like that was right. What, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, wait, he's talking about the Bible relating to evolution. He's talking about people's minds evolving and, and then their, their myths evolving. Like, yeah. What? Actually being an artifact of evolution. Right. And it's like, yeah. as soon as it, it just kind of, it broke, a, I mean, not that I, it's like, I don't agree with every conclusion he came to or anything like that, but at least it, it was so important for me, I guess, just to see how you could break those walls down without totally discarding what it is that you're trying to investigate. Mm-hmm. I had kind of been presented this false dichotomy that you can either just believe it all, or if you start to question it, you're basically, you're kind of headed down the wrong road and it's a slippery slope, you know? Really? Okay. Yeah. So, w- what other material or what other thinkers or or authors helped build build your, eg- you know, existential base or your understanding <laughs> of reality back up enough? Yeah. Um, I would say I was following along with Michael Gunger. I'm not sure if you've heard of that no. guy. He was he was an evangelical guy uh, who wrote some of the most popular songs in that were that were being sung by all these different Christian bands and traveling okay. bands too right i think we even sang actually i'm pretty sure we sang some of his songs um, um like fairly popular stuff i mean this thing it was it was popular within that community but you would never within the, the christian guy. community or within the evangelical community i think more specifically just the evangelical okay. community okay. which i mean so it wouldn't be to be fair these... was it was a pretty big community right right but it's 
like it's you wouldn't have heard of him if, if you weren't in there right, right. Um, but he kind of he's one of the people I would think of that is a good example of like the exvangelical movement which is another kind of community that's sort of rising up now and it's a little bit kind of spicy anti anti evangelical uh like it's a lot of people just kind of uh talking about their baggage and talking about how you know how much how much evangelical christianity fucked them up and okay. <laughs> yeah and so okay sorry to go back to michael gunger he um and sorry, not to even totally dismiss the evangelical movement. I think that's probably important mm-hmm. that, that happens anyways. People need to work through their, their trauma and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, but Michael Gunger, he kind of gradually, I was listening to the music and, and, and throughout these years of like starting to question his music and his band, Gunger, uh, that kind of always reached me, even in those really dark um, questioning moments where I just really felt like I had no foundation. It was like, he, he's asking these questions too. This This is what I need. And it would like these these songs would just you know there would be a space I would just cry listening to these these songs sometimes because it was just like this is where I'm at. It's I mean when you feel that you know existentially lost or if you almost like alone, it's just it's nice to know even even that somebody else felt that lonely before too. So mm-hmm. it's like even though you're still alone in it, you're not totally alone in terms of across time people feeling like this. Right. You know. Um, so he, but then he started doing a podcast called The Liturgists. Okay. And that was originally, it was like, this was at the beginning of podcasting, I guess. It was before podcasting had really kind so, of... So uh, late 2010s or whatever. I Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it was, it was like early on, right before I had started going to school, I started listening to his podcasts. Yep. Or maybe kind of somewhere in there anyways. Um, but it was like podcasts hadn't just become you know an hour or a two-hour conversation thing like that like they hadn't standardized into a form yet people were really exploring the medium of like what is a podcast so the way they were doing their podcasts was like it was like a story and some music mm. and like a meditation okay. it was just like a mixed media thing and it was really good like there was a lot of production value in it but it was also just really deep ideas that like that hit me and I was like, this is, this is worth doing. And that was also my first probably introduction to meditation. Mm. Like, uh, like not just, so, I mean, I learned how to pray as a, as a Christian growing up, but I hadn't, hadn't learned like prayer for evangelicals is like a very, um, conversational thing. Right. Okay. It's not like, it, we don't like really do the Lord's prayer or anything like that very often. It's usually like, you know, you talk to God like he's your friend. You know? Right. You're even taught to sort of visualize it like that. You're, you're taking a walk with Jesus. Yep. You're, you're, you know, Hey God, this is what's going on right now, and I really need your help. And you know, it, it's not yeah. like, um, and it, it, it's 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 cool. It's kind of interesting. It, it it really, I mean, it it taught me. It gave me a, a deep place in my in my life and in my in my consciousness, I guess, for, for God. And I I still don't know, you know, if that picture I have of God that's in there is you know the final it's like i don't even believe that's the final like that's that is what god is but it's like that's my door i guess to it and it's like right yeah sorry i'm, I'm jumping around here a no. little bit but it's like that that it's like i was i i was brought up with within this tradition and i was given all these tools to have to interact with that that depth of of existence i guess um and it's like whether you want to call it god whatever you want to call it it's like it was something really deep and it was mm. something really emotional emotionally meaningful I mean beyond just emotions I think it was just it felt very meaningful right and it's like I I can have all the doubts that I have today 
but it's like still anything that can get me back to that place. If, if I can kind of suspend disbelief for a minute and I can still choose to pray in the way that I did growing up, mm. sometimes I can still get there. Sometimes I, I can still do that comfortably, even though I'm kind of half wondering if I'm sort of joking myself as I'm doing it. Mm. It's like, it's weird that, I don't know. It's like you get to the point where you want that back. I don't know. I, I'm kind of spiraling, spiraling out in this. Where, 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 how did I get here? <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. And for me, it was always, you know, being a um, growing up a very casual Christian. You know, going okay. to yeah, yeah. going to um, you know Protestant church every once in a while, and yeah, yeah. but going to you know getting exposed to um, to all of the ideas that you're talking about, you know, going to a Christian camp, which most kids' camps were Christian camps at the time for a yeah. week yeah, at yeah, a yeah. time, you know, and being told all these things, you know, that, that it you have to have this personal relationship with God. You have to have this conversational relationship with God. And for me, it was always that no one's talking back. You know, I'm not getting answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a conversation. Uh, How do you experience God? And that was kind of a driving, a driving question, or you know, a driving force in my, um, you know, more intellectual, uh, you know, kind of uh, path. yeah. Yeah, searching is where, you know, where does the rubber meet the road? Where, like, where is, where is the spiritual, like, where does it actually take place? Because I'm not, no one's talking to me. Yeah. yeah where yeah. is your relation, where is the relationship with God? Yeah. You uh, did you ever, did you ever talk to, like, an imaginary friend no. when you were a kid? No. No. I was not bad at that. And okay. I mean, I think I was probably more desperate for it because of, you know, being sort of living alone on a bus <laughs> with nobody but my siblings, right? Yeah. And I had a pretty close relationship with all my siblings because you got to do that when that's, that's all you got. Those, mm-hmm. are, those are your people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for them. Um, but I, I did, I don't know. I, I'm, I have a particular memory of like a week that I had just like tried it out and I had a similar, <laughs> a similar like experience of like getting to know this, this thing, this person, and then wondering if it was real and then kind of like letting it go. Cause like, oh, maybe that's, maybe you're I'm talking an imaginary friend here. I'm talking about imaginary friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's maybe, weird maybe I'm because just not predisposed because a lot of kids have imaginary friends, right? But yeah, but it wasn't like I, it's like I knew I was doing the work of imagining this friend. Mm, okay, but yet still, it was interesting to talk to him. Okay, and that's what's weird. Is like, okay, why would it be interesting to talk to myself? Right, right. Like I already know what I'm going to say. Right, and so I, I, I struggle with. I, I, I think probably. Part of the way I think about it now is that part of what's happening when you are are praying and and sort of hearing something back from God, and I and I don't mean I, I don't know the answer to this stuff, but I'm just you know just theorizing. Yeah, I think part of what what could be happening is that you can build a good relationship with with a good part of yourself that is that's like subconscious, the, right? That's sort of subconscious. It's like it's, if you open up another character in your head and you say, okay, this is this mm. is goodness. And oh, I'm going to do my sure, yeah. my best impression of goodness and yeah. talk to that, right? It's like, and I don't think that that's even wrong. I don't think that doesn't fit within the Christian tradition oh, too. It's like, for sure. <laughs> I I think 
it's it's like yeah. You, so you do your best to sort of imagine God, and you mm-hmm. have a conversation with that imaginal version of God, and it's like all the images we have of God. Like you're not even supposed to in most versions of Christianity, you're not supposed to draw a picture of God, right? Right. Especially not God the Father. You, t- you draw a picture of Jesus Christ, right? Sure. But you don't j- draw a picture of God, yeah. like Yahweh, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you can't. Well, you can't because what, what does he look like, right? <laughs> yeah. You can draw a picture of the burning bush. You can yeah. draw a picture of this and that, but it's like, what? what is it? It's like there's an apophatic uh, sense of... of so ap- apophaticism is something that I started to learn about through... Okay, I'll jump back to Michael Gunger. Um, that was what those meditations were about. And the meditation that I remember the first one that really stuck with me and that I wanted to keep doing and thinking about was apophatic meditation. And I learned that that was like a part of the Christian tradition, just not a part of the evangelical Christian tradition, but explain that apophatic meditation is, uh, I mean, a simple version of that practice looks like, or at least this is the one that they did on on the podcast. It was, um, think about how, I guess you just say to yourself, God is good. Okay. Right. And you think about that for a little while. Okay. So what would it mean for God to be good? I guess maybe he like, loves people and takes care of them probably like maybe he like makes the fruit grow in the trees and he gives us all the good things and then you have to to uh, take the next step and you say god is not good okay right and it's like why would you say that well, because it, he's everything well yeah it's like it's, it's all those things you just thought of that you, you thought of oh this is goodness it's like that that doesn't touch it. That doesn't, that's okay. not quite, okay. that's not what goodness is. Cause there's times when, I mean, it's not good for a, a tree, you know, for trees to be making fruit all the time. It's like there's, a, there's something that's like, yep. there's a mysterious cycle that seems to be more important than, than just the goodness or whatever. I don't know. So it's like, there's, there's something beyond whatever it is, this definition that you have of goodness that you think God is. It's like, that's not what God is. Okay. So you're thinking, oh, okay. Yeah. What about all those other ways in which, you know, God, it's like Godness is beyond my conception of goodness. And then you start thinking about all those things. And then you have to take the third step and you say, no, 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 God is not, not good either. Hmm. He's not all those other things you just thought about that were counters to what you thought of as good. What God is, is something that's utterly beyond your imagination. Right. Right. And that's like that, that's, that's the meditation. And maybe you can, maybe you can take it further. I don't know, but it's like, sure. It's, it's, it's just to kind of put your put your imagination of what goodness or what godness is in perspective and say, you don't get it, right? right. Like th- This is what it would mean for God to be holy, I think, is that it's like, it's utterly, utterly set apart from our imagination. The holy other, yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah, holy other. Yes. And to like, to, to, to actually do a practice imagining that, like what would that be, is I think pretty helpful and, and it kind of, so it's, so any image we can have or any, you know, like let's say we, we write down a list of commands and we say this is this is how you look like God you know it's like any one of those might be great I think probably the best thing that they would do is they would be sort of a sign that point your attention towards you know the idea of God not to say that God is necessarily an idea right you know I think God is a being but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like but any image any anything you can say but I, I it's, again I, I don't want to like well yeah every yeah I agree everything is just the pointing everything right. is just but yeah. i think i think it goes beyond that too and i and i don't think apophatic meditation um is only useful when thinking about god too it's like okay garrett is good right garrett is not good right, right? or or maybe just any 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 adjective you wanted to use about me it's like or uh, gary I, i'm gonna yeah. look at you right and yeah. and like any any conception i have about you even even like your whole your, your face obviously tells a lot about what's going inside you right now. Um, but that's not at all. 
right? Like it's like all the conclusions I can draw about you through my interactions through you, or my interactions with you, or my interactions just like taking in taking in you. Right. It's like I, I'm not getting all of it. There's always this. There's a deeper depth that I could get to if I could set aside whatever conception it is that I've come to. Right. Right. Because it, you know when you take a finite, like it's a fraction, right? You take the finite. Yeah. Over the infinite. <laughs> right. Know, you yeah. know nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, but it, but it, it's like you don't want to go. So I mean. People, um, this is I, almost in some sense, I think, what a lot of uh, evangelical, especially, um, I don't know, I was going to say moms. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking about, yeah, because it's like a, a lot of, especially the, the, the kind of the homeschool moms I ran into on the road. Okay. They were very fearful of uh, anything that was like mystical. Anything that was like magic, anything that um, that seemed kind of right. So you weren't you weren't allowed to read Harry Potter. No way, I was not allowed to read Harry Potter. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one among many. I mean, I think there were certain Disney movies I wasn't allowed to watch because that there was too much magic in that. Right. Sword in the Stone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> You say that as if, did you have this experience No, as well? no, oh, not okay. at all. I was just trying to think of Disney movies and like uh, Merlin's definitely yeah, in that one. Yeah, there you so, go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, so it's like th- there's this distaste for um, for something, that things that couldn't be said clearly for, for sort of mystery, because that, that mm. would be the same, like mystical mystery, right? But even that's, that's where apophatic meditation comes from, even within Christianity, is the Christian mystical tradition. Right. 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 So there's there's always been some, or not, maybe not always, but there, there there's a it's a deep part of Christianity, like mm-hmm. the mystical, the mystical tradition of it. Like it's like there, there's always been this the kind of exploring of the what can't be said about God because everything about, um, kind of or at least a lot of what evangelical understanding of God um has to do with is being able to kind of make clear statements about God. Is like he's real, he loves you. You know, and he sent his son to die for you, right? And it was like right. it's like accept these very clear, clear cut, yeah. true things. And if you can accept the truth, which is like statements, mm-hmm. if you can accept that they're true, then you will have a transformative experience, and you know you will be saved from your sins, and you will be you'll go to heaven, right? Right. right. And it's like I, I still, I, whenever I say that stuff, it's like I I, I kind of say it with a, with a wink because it's like I don't know if that's wrong, but I I, don't, I just don't sure. think that, that that's the whole picture anymore you know right and I, I don't put it it's like that's not the center of the way I, I think about Christianity as much anymore um, so I, I so going back to the, to the podcast and why I wanted to start that and and you know, obviously I said I was like growing tensions about about politics and then about about faith and stuff like that I was like okay I need to figure out how to how to talk about this stuff how to have totally different opinions about this kind of stuff than like my family than my friends uh, and be able to still be able to approach it meaningfully. Like, it's like, because obviously, like I said, the, the foundation for it was, okay, if you disagree, then that means it's debate time, right? right? But I hadn't learned about conversation. Right. Right. I hadn't learned about how, okay, so disagreement means that if, if we're charitable here, maybe we can actually see something deeper about about whatever it is, this thing that we want to talk about. But it's like, that's that's more of a struggle. That's, yeah that's difficult because it's not just cranking out a solution. It's like making yourself vulnerable. It's, it's genuinely listening. Yeah. And, and that's not something I feel like a lot of my, uh, 
my media intake is teaching me how to do very well is actually listen very deeply. <laughs> right. And I think that's what, like what you said about the conversation as opposed to debate. I think that's what Peterson does so well. You know, someone will say something that is, yeah. you know, antagonistic or supposed to be a gotcha. And yeah. he literally just, you know, packages it up, puts yeah. it on his back and continues on up the ladder with whatever, yeah. you know, I, th I think he has done that really well in, yeah. in certain circumstances. It's like, I mean, that has been an, an interest, like w watching his career unfold has been an interesting thing for me too, because obviously he was this, this life raft to me in, mm -hmm. in a, in a dark moment. But, and so whenever somebody does something like that for you, it's like you, you start out looking at them like they're a God, like, oh my God, this guy is perfect. He, you know, he knows the way. Right, right, right. And it's like, obviously he's, he's made mistakes here and there. He's, yeah. he's, and I, I think in, in a lot of cases he's been humble enough to admit he's made mistakes but I mean, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, he, he definitely has been an example um, of, and, and somebody that I was like looking to when I was starting to try to explore learning how that skill set of like trying to have conversations more charitably. I think right in this moment, I think he is struggling a little bit more with it than at certain shiny moments in his past where he's really, um, really handled conversations super well. But I don't know. I mean, he, he's 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 playing a really intense game that I'm not playing, right? And, and so I don't yeah. I don't know how I would respond. I don't think I would do better. Sure. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't talk about. I can't get deep into like politics. It's like, <laughs> do you enjoy thinking about politics and like listening I, about politics? Yeah. I, but it's like I enjoy thinking about politics, and then as soon as I start thinking about it, I start thinking about it on like a on like a moral level or like a, a, a philosophical level right Same. yeah and it's, it's, it's like i don't i feel like i can't i can't believe in a particular policy hard enough to like want to advocate for it for right? sure <laughs> for sure and what terrifies me is the collateral damage that's inevitable right with but, any policy but it seems like somebody needs to do that it's just i don't have the courage to do that because i don't feel like i have the the smarts to figure out you know what is a good policy it's just i'm like it, it gives me it makes me wonder about good, interesting questions, but it's right. like, I couldn't, I struggle to like stand behind, you know? Well, yeah. So where it's led me, um, is that I don't, I don't like any politics. Like I don't <laughs> like, any, you know, like, yeah. uh, like who, who are you to speak for me? Sure. Who is anyone yeah, yeah, to yeah. speak, you know? Um, it's led to a, so is it like a general distaste for authority then? Yeah, yeah, to some degree. Yeah. And and I know, you know, someone who, you know, action has to be taken in the world and, you know, structures have to be built and cooperation needs to happen. Um, but it's just like, I just don't want the, you know, the blood to be on my hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's responsibility, right? Right. <laughs> Right. Like, you know, anytime you vote for someone, like you look at no matter who you say you voted for one of the two parties in the U.S., say you lived in the U.S. for the last yeah. however many years, like you've you've got, you know, they're dropping bombs in the Middle East. Like, yeah, there's there's real consequences to, to it feels like the stakes are too high for me to to put my voice in there. But then but at the same time, there's a bunch of people who are like just acting on extreme hubris it seems like that they they think oh, yeah. they know yeah how it's going. And it's like these are the, the activists on, on either side of the political aisle it's like i see these really fanatical people and it's like they know they know what needs to happen it's like I, and i'm gonna they're gonna vote but i'm not gonna vote 
Yeah, it's I know. Like, <laughs> it's, it, no, no, there's no right answer and there's no there's no easy way. It's just it's yeah, it's given me such a disdain for the that the left and the right dichotomy. Yeah. Where it's like I think that, you know, that power shouldn't exist at all. Yeah. Well, so one thing I've noticed recently is they're kind of over where I live in Air and, and Brantford. I, maybe it's I don't know how, how the calendar works for uh elections uh, like on a really local level but like all the different wards yeah, are yeah having elections. Going on. Well, okay. it just happened here yeah okay yeah i maybe it just happened here yeah, the I, signs I, I are everywhere right right yeah. yeah but i notice the talking points and the like the slogans are don't feel as politically charged to me hmm. I, have you noticed that i mean I, sure. I didn't look into it that sure. deeply but yeah and i think like so i think the further you get away from from you know someone running your street yeah. And then your county and then your whatever, or your town and then your county, whatever it is, you know, the f- the further you get away from, from the the more broad the stroke, you know, the more collateral yeah. damage that's going to happen, yeah, the yeah, more, yeah. you know, the more only certain number of people will be represented in, in the policies. Whereas, you know, on a very local level, I think that's the appropriate place for politics, if at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 that's kind of where I've landed anyway, as yeah. well with it, because it seems like it should... I mean, the problem is I haven't haven't acted on that deeply enough. Like I didn't, I oh, didn't pay same, attention, right? Yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I didn't vote in the in the ward election. I don't even know what that's called, <laughs> right? Um, but it's like that. That's where it seems like there's almost a little bit more space for a healthier conversation to happen about yep. policies and things like that. Because it's, I mean, for one thing, it, it should almost matter more there because those those laws are going to affect. Um, me and my neighborhood right. and my community a bit more. Yep. And it's like not to be self-centered about it, but it's just like, okay, you have more of a responsibility to the people that are in your life. It's like, okay, if I vote on a policy here, it's likely only affecting people that I could run into and walk into and have a conversation with, mm-hmm. right? I'm not I'm not talking for people that I don't have some means of knowing. Right. Right. I, I, I can know these people and I probably do know a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So... It, I'm sort of more responsible to these people, so it should it should sort of matter more to me to to, to vote yeah. about that, right? I, I, I mean, when I think about it, it does matter to me more. I just it's it's hard to pay attention to it because, for one thing, there's just so much other shit trying to vie for your attention yeah. over social media. Like it's, it's like way more interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it's more interesting to talk about Donald Trump and and all these different like the the, the dramatic stuff that's happening in the states. Yeah. But it's like that's the state. I, I live in Canada. Like, yeah, totally. Why should that? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sort of matters because in in we're we're sort of the the United States extended universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I mean, there are policies that are more directly and more immediately going to affect us that we could be focusing on, and, and politics that should. I mean, that are yeah, they're more local to us. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like there, there's something. It's like talking about politics is more about the social clout you can get from having a having a hot take sure. or saying the right or having the right take, right? Yeah. It's it's either it's one of those two. It's either have it's a hot take or have two. the right take. Yeah, I fall into the hot take category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want, but I want to I want to go back because I th- the most interesting part of our discussion so far in my eyes was the like prayer, okay. and you know that that um the balance between the spirit and the dogma right yeah, the yeah. like the revivica- revivification of like the actual the the feeling you know mm-hmm. 
the experience. Like the, it's called a religious experience. Yeah. You know, to, to have that and you can't like, and then there's, you know, and then in my, like what I started to do was, you know, you look, okay. Okay. Meditation. Okay. Yeah. You know, all these, all these technologies, um, you know, for getting to that place and wanting to have, you know, a way of knowing or knowing that, you know, is saying I've, well, I've had the experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have, do you have that desire? Like, like, cause to me, like prayer just felt so short of that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so I I don't, I don't, I'm following what you're saying, but I, I don't, I, I can't, I, I didn't follow the question, I guess. But no, 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 no can, real can question. I, can I can like, I question back at you though? So like, yeah, y- like you've you've exp- you've you've like sort of experimented with prayer, or like what? I mean, I guess you just talked about as um you know going to camp. I guess as a kid. Sure, no, that, and and like praying every night to God. Yeah, you know, uh, is, for is, sure. Is that something that's like always been a part of your life? Yeah. Like you you yeah. kind of have a nightly prayer. Yeah. yeah, and is it like something? What does that look like for you? Is it is it like, well? So it's you it's, recite, ch- it's or changed. It? It's changed. Yeah. To more and more, I think of it as um. Uh, it's a it's a prayer of gratitude, hmm. and more and more it's it's just a, th- a list of thank yous. You know, yeah. You know, did it used to be a lot more like asks? Not always. Um, you know, it was very much that, but not consciously. And now it's more sure. consciously that. And then, you know, I, you always think um, you always think of prayer as as ask, uh, not you know yeah, you or yeah, me, yeah. but you, th- you pray, please God, you know, yeah, let yeah, this yeah. come to pass. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's become more gratitude and, you know. But but you said that it's, it doesn't necessarily uh, always bring you. Like how did religion, like, you know, like, do you believe in enlightenment? In enlightenment. Oh, well, I mean, you'd probably have to define what what you're talking about. I mean, you know, the Buddha was enlightened. Or God enlightened? Do you believe that it's impossible? Do yeah. you believe that? So okay, so th- that's an interesting question to ask about the Buddha because that's. I mean, obviously, I'm interested in th- in that story. I, yeah. I, and but it's like that's not my tradition. Sure. I so. But I'm I th- sure I think it's, yeah, you're interested in it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's so. So you said you're a fan of Jonathan Peugeot, and yeah. he, he's answered a question similarly and i and there's a lot of wisdom in the way that he answered it i thought he said that um you know if, if somebody asks you you know how to get to the hospital and you you know how to get it's like you just start telling them the, the directions and they say well isn't there another way to get to the hospital sure it's like maybe yeah but this is okay i've experienced getting to the hospital this way yeah and i can tell you this is how i got to the hospital right and I can't vouch for whether or not there's another way sure. unless I've walked that road. But I mean, right. this is the, the, you know, climbing, hiking to the top of the mountain of God mm-hmm. is the largest endeavor you could take on as a human being, right? Right, right. And so you're not going to probably going to walk that road twice. You're not going to get to the top and then start from the very bottom again and make it back to the top. Yeah, I don't, so I don't well, know. How, so well said. So, yeah. so I don't know if, if it's possible for a Christian to tell you, Got it. you know, whether or not buddha was enlightened because a christian doesn't practice buddhism okay, was, right? was jesus enlightened yeah i i i mean that's not the language that christians use right, right. so I, I but there might be an analog there yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um i i mean if we're just kind of so what are what are christians you know like striving for you know 
Yeah. In- well, so I, I think that my understanding of that has changed as I've investigated different versions of Christianity, I guess. So, I mean, um, within the evangelical framework, it's you're striving for a, a deep personal relationship with God. Right. Right. And, and where you want to get to that place where, where you feel like very consistently you can sort of hear from God. He's talking to you. Um, guiding you know him. yeah guiding you you know like uh, there, there would be things like so and 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 i'm again i, I can it's funny because i'm like i'm sort of doubting my own experiences as well because it's like I, there, there was some there were some ways in which which this tradition sort of let me down like it didn't have answers for some of the questions that mm. i that I had asked of it but at the same time i experienced things that were very real through it right i learned how to at least uh, according to my peers, um, sort of listen for God and listen for sort of checks in my spirit. That would be, that would be the way they would say it, okay. uh, which would be like, let's say, you, let's say you're doing something and um, hmm, there might be something about this line of reasoning or this line of activity that could lead us down a, ba- a ba- bad road. And I don't know what it is yet, but I just got to check, you know, I just, I, basically, mm-hmm. basically God just told me, you know, this isn't, this isn't the right way to go. And, and you know, I, learned to be a little bit more confident saying that sort of, I mean, that sounds like a pretty outrageous thing to say, God told me this, but you know, some people became very certain and I at times was, was certain enough to say, yeah, I think God told me this. And I would say that to my family or to my friends. Like that, that was sort of the normal way of communicating. Right. Um, and yeah, it's like, so, so that was, that's what relationship with God looked like. It was like um, miraculous ability. I guess, mm. and and very, and but I mean, there was a lot of language about like uh, deep intimacy with God. It was it was like a, it got kind of weird too with the sort of songs they would sing. It would be like uh, you know Jesus, lover of my soul, sure, right? And it was like, yeah, it, it got kind of r- romanticy a little bit, mm. where it was like even there was there was memes going around in youth group days where it was like. You know, telling girls you, you don't need to you don't need a boyfriend yet. Yeah. Jesus can be your boyfriend. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But let me let me push back a tiny bit because you said the the climbing the mountain to God. Yeah, and to me, like that is the union with God at the top of the mountain. That sure. is the you know the desolation of ego. That is the the whatever you know um, the blinding white light. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that, all that language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you know to or enlightenment yeah okay to me that's however you say it like the goal yeah so it's like that is like framing it as like a i guess like a more of like a journey like you're you're going somewhere and hopefully like but i think again if if the apophatic mystical understanding of god is like it's a mountain that has sort of no top sure no no (laughs) and i and i i agree with that like you know it's again we're just pointing yeah uh you know because it can be now right like it can just um, you know, like in in theory, if you you know, you could just like you know, you could. Sorry, you, you can you can have that experience. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Yeah, it can be an experience. Yeah. But okay, so to, to, I, I I didn't I guess totally finish answering the question you asked me. Yeah. So, so so what what is what's the goal of Christianity? Yeah. Enlightenment. So I was I I was saying yeah. what it, what it was to me is it to be like Jesus? Well, th- 
that's what I'm saying is like I think a lot of the language that I was brought up is still helpful to me if I if I can be sort of patient with it. But some of it sounds a little bit cheesy to me now. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I think there's still some some good stuff there, and it's like partly. I, like I'm trying to kind of re-engage some of it because I think I was probably just because I needed to see things from a different perspective for a while. I, I intentionally pushed it away, or maybe not so intentionally, just unconsciously. I had like a bad taste in my mouth for everything that I grew up with, and so but I started to be able to see, I guess, different ways of thinking about. So, so the I guess the orthodox, like Eastern Orthodox, uh, goal of Christianity is a much different framing than you know, the personal intimacy angle. Mm. It's about um, becoming one with God, which isn't, it's not so much the idea of like uh, yeah, becoming one through like a deep romantic relationship. It's like becoming part of God. And it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not pantheism, right? I, I mean, sure, like what's pantheism? Pantheism would be that everything is God. Okay. But there's, there's something else that's within the Eastern the Christian Eastern Orthodox tradition believes in something like like panentheism, okay. which the the slight difference there, and it's an important difference, is that it's not that God is everything, but everything is within, or everything is part of God. Right, right. So it's like it's not like oh, this cup is God, but it's like oh, this cup is God. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so but it's like that that some things might be able to Im- embody or or more deeply um well i mean if you put it in terms of like a mountain it's like you, you get to the outside of the mountain or the bottom of the mountain and it's like that's that's importantly a part of the mountain but sure. it's, it's not the sort of the most glorious or most insightful place it's like when you're at the top of a mountain you can see things from a different angle you can see more and it puts things in perspective it's like right. it's a higher knowledge right it's right. it it's like you still need the bottom of the mountain to make the top of the mountain work yeah but you can kind of you can get you can ascend the mountain right right and so i think it's the goal of christianity is like for us to to get closer to, to Again, the goal of Eastern Orthodox Christianity, which I I can't totally speak for because I'm not an Eastern Orthodox Christian, but I'm just like starting to pay attention to these guys, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's 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 like it's if 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 everything is already in God, it's like I guess maybe a realization of that, but it's like a more deeper taking on of that identity or like learning how to act that out more more seriously and more deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's it's like becoming like God or becoming one with God. So, So that that's called. Um, theosis, okay, right. It's like a it's a transformation of 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 yourself into being part of God or being God, <laughs> but not in a way that it's like, oh, I am God. No, no, I get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, personally, the way I I think about that, and and I I guess, I mean, obviously Jonathan Peugeot, I like his language a lot. He's he's made a lot of of. He's he's been another kind of shining light to me in a in a place of of doubt where it's just like just giving interesting language, new ways to approach these ideas that make them more, um, more possible to to more palatable. It, it's not that he made them; it's like they just he just put honey on the words and made them go down sweeter. It was like he he genuinely was giving a different angle on what these things could mean and how they could be uh, meaningful to your life. Like like it's like Christianity doesn't have to just be this tiny little. Um, math equation of do this do this believe this mm-hmm. and then you get this mm-hmm. it's like there, there's there's more richness to this tradition and it was like that that's i think what he's kind of done a, a good job of opening people up to um but i think oh man 
I was I was just going to share some great nugget that he that he had <laughs> that he had said, but I think I forgot what I was where I was going. But yeah, no, what you said there was re- like I I really like the you know the base of the mountain is no less God than the top of the mountain, right? You know, so it's not so much the the reaching for the top or the ascension. You know, the whole thing is equally valid. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting problem i guess or like it's like something i have to keep coming back to is like that yeah the, the so if if you use the image of a mountain to talk about you know yeah, which is totally completely incomplete <laughs> yeah but we'll use it right yeah, yeah but so, there is something different about the top than the bottom right but it's like and it's not like okay, so all of the mountain is equal because I mean th- this goes into, into right. questions about like equality and things like that. Right. right. <laughs> it's like you don't want everything. You don't, you want to say everything is the same. Yeah. Because it's not. Because it's, it's not. It's no. different. Like, it, and is the top of the mountain more important? Uh, I mean, n- well, bring, a mountain bring, without a top wouldn't be wouldn't be very good. Right. But <laughs> and bring tra- bring trajectory into it. Traject. Okay, so sorry. How 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 do I bring? You know which which way you're going. Are you going right, up you or going down? Up? The mountain? <laughs> well, also that might be important too because obviously, like within. So so the mountain picture isn't something that's like that. You know, somebody just came up with recently. It's like that's that's one of the most fundamental images uh, and and fundamental parts of 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 human myth making. Whenever we talk about gods in almost any tradition. You know, mm. cr- Christian mythology or Mesopotamian mythology, Egyptian mythology, Norse mythology, whatever. There's, there's like I'm pretty sure in Norse mythology, anyways, there's, the there's, yeah, there's always mountains, and and there's, there's something about going to the top of a mountain that like, you yeah, you you gain insight from there, mm-hmm. but then you don't stay there. Like right. Moses goes up the mountain and he gets these really insightful uh, practices for how how the Israelites should be living, mm-hmm. and he brings them back down. I uh, mean, maybe, maybe just like reading them today they don't seem that insightful some of them seem obvious and some of them just seem stupid but in that moment probably it was, pretty groundbreaking <laughs> in that moment yeah in that moment it was like contextually a lot of that stuff was really really revolutionary yeah. it was yeah. like okay it's like there's all these laws about slavery and it's like and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to defend slavery no no but in it's like these people suddenly actually had rules for the way they had to treat their slaves they didn't just get to do whatever they wanted right right they actually had to treat them well and they there were there was laws now to protect slaves yeah that was revolutionary <laughs> right 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 so i mean yeah so so but but yeah there's an image of, of going up and down a mountain it's not just a, a matter of being at the top of the mountain it's, and, and so I, I think that those images i guess are a little bit more whole than a simple um idea of just i gotta be more intimate with god mm-hmm. because that's almost like you can do that on your own you can run off and be well, right. 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 I, you can sit in the, in the cave. Yeah. And it, so it doesn't, in some ways it doesn't, I mean, in practice, I, the way, the way that Christianity worked, it was, it was still a really solid community in some senses. Like there, there was, there was a lot, at least of, of community activity. There was potlucks. There was, you know, there was lots of events. People were really friendly with, with each other. Um, but the core practices of the tradition was all about me and Jesus. It wasn't really us. Mm. It wasn't like... And that's one th- one big difference I've seen, yeah, with with learning about some other maybe more classical um, understandings of the way Christianity is sort of supposed to work, is that it hasn't always been just this individualistic hyper focus on me and Jesus, um, or yeah, it, it's not necessarily just about personal enlightenment, but it's like so. 
the, the, going back to the image of the mountain, it's like it's about going up and down the mountain so that way insight can be given to us and that we can we can grow mm. together or we can know how we should be acting. We can right. And it's like, and that image isn't even like a totally, um, or that story isn't something that's just like, you, you have to abstract that much. It's like, okay, if you go, I, 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 like a good comparison is even, it's like that, that just shows up in any story. If you just tell an adventure story, sure. like, you, like Tolkien wrote, uh, like The Hobbit, yeah. right? They get lost in this forest and it's like super dark and nobody, they, they don't know where they're going anymore, right? They're essentially in the desert. They're wandering. Yeah. And so what needs to happen? Well, Bilbo, he climbs up to the top of the tree Oh, he can see where they need to go. Yeah, he goes. He goes up, and when when you're up high above things, you ha- you get insight into where you should be going. Right. So he comes back down, and now they know where to go. He's given them some new laws to get their lives on track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, it's it's definitely true. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You, you said you watched some of my podcast, right? Did you watch yeah. the episode with John Verveke? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Where you were? Where were you? That I rented a random office space somewhere near him just so okay. to make it work. Um. <laughs> how do you, how do you um, connect with those guys? Those guys, I mean, jo- say John. Like, did just, you just email him? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he is one of the most. I don't know. I guess he just has more energy for conversations than like almost anybody in the world. Like, because he's doing like the big the big stake stuff. Like he's going on Lex Fridman. Yeah, he's like he's he's having big conversations, but he's also willing to go and just talk to people who have like no subscribers it's just if they seem like they have genuine questions yeah he's just like yeah i'll do it right like and so i don't I don't know i don't know why he was willing to to come and chat with me yeah. i think i just caught him at a key time where he i guess had some extra time yeah or, or i because I, I think it's his the traffic of, of how many emails he's getting is is steadily increasing especially as he's doing these bigger sure uh, podcasts and stuff like that so i mean yeah i just reached out i sent him an email and I kind of shared some of my thoughts with him, let him know what my project was about. And he said, yeah, I'll do a, a conversation. So so we initially, we just did a conversation over like Zoom or whatever. And then later on, um, he came or he, he said it was I, at the end of that. I said, OK, I, I kind of wanted to dig deeper into some of this stuff. Could we could we do a follow up? And could I mm. could I like just come out closer to you? And could we do it in person? Yeah. I said, yeah, let's do it. So wow. So that That's was really cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have no, I, I mean, I reached, so Ian McGilchrist is the other sort of biggest name of uh, somebody that I've been able right. to talk to and like no idea why he was, he was, because I mean, he, I don't think he does a ton of talks. No, it doesn't sound um, like it. But I, I guess it was sort of that, you know, that Bible story about, maybe, maybe you don't, but there's like a, there's a parable about this, this woman who knocks on the door, um, of like a of a judge and he's kind of a cranky judge that doesn't want to help anybody out but the okay. woman is just so persistent she knocks on his door every day and finally he's like okay what do you want and he's like i i need justice for whatever this is and he's like fine and, and he does it right uh, sorry I, i'm telling bible stories but <laughs> that, that was the references that i think i i my persistent knocking may have been may have been the reason the, that he end, responded yeah. to me uh, because i did send like three or four different emails over the course of you know this time and then a couple months later and a couple months and i think that i guess they did respond each time so that's what made a difference is that oh, they were okay. like okay uh sorry we don't have time right now and i was like okay well when do you have time yeah <laughs> yeah that's good and what about uh what are you doing with with kurt jimungle oh yeah yeah kurt um I don't know. We just kind of started chatting since um i started following his, his channel mm-hmm. and what, he, what he's doing and he, hey, he's, he's a nice guy um like i i don't know i i guess he i'm trying to think about 
what was I, I guess actually that was that was a similar situation to him and Ian actually because um, I just sent him an email I was like hey man you want to connect he's like yeah I'd love to but unfortunately I'm really busy right now he he was just a lot more um, upfront I guess very encouraging like he seemed like yeah I'm down to do this but I'm also really busy mm. and so he's like just email me again in two months and I was like okay I'll yep. email you in two months and I did in two months he's like oh, I'm really busy man could you email me again in three months and I was like all right sounds good I'll just set a timer and. <laughs> And so, but eventually we were able to, to get to, and then, and I mean, since then, it was like that, that conversation was sort of interesting. It was like, that was just kind of us, I guess, meeting and chatting for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like looking back on it, there was some interesting stuff we kind of got into, but since then we've just kind of, continued. I mean, we, we may do a podcast again at some point, but we've just been chatting, I guess, since then. Just, yeah. I mean, ideas. he's not that far away from me. So yeah. we've, we've met up, we've only met up once, but we've just kind of chatted a lot. Yeah. Huh. Um, I loved uh, your your chat with John Verveke and, um, you know, he was talking about being, I guess, religiously polygamous and, and you were talking <laughs> about being faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I so, um, you know, sympathize with him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and to go back to your mountain metaphor... No one climbs a mountain straight top to bottom on one route. They're always, you're always assessing. Well, that's like pretty hard to just climb it straight unless you're like a trained mountain climber. Or I don't know, like you're just really, really strong. Right. <laughs> but I mean, so the, so for your analogy though, I, there seems to be different methods, you know, at different points in your life or at different... different sure, sure. Um, well, I think John, John uses the word ecologies of practice. Right. 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 Which I, I I mean he's he invents so many words it's hard to kind of keep up with what he means by all of them and I I had heard him use that word for like I don't know how many how many different interviews and how many years I've been listening to him talk about stuff but I, I finally he explained it and I was like oh that's what it means just a collection of of all the different practices well it's it's not just it's not a random collection like it's, right it's an, it's an ecology right so it, it's like a, an ecosystem mm. like a, an ecosystem I mean we can see how delicate mm. ecosystems are with how many times. Um, you know, anytime humans like take an animal and bring it to a place that it didn't evolve there, <laughs> yeah. it just totally destroys the, <laughs> it's like, like yeah. you, you, this story, uh, it's really bad in, in Australia. Like, um, there was like a huge famine at one point because some guy brought in a couple of rabbits because he wanted I thought to it was New them. Zealand. Was it New Zealand? I, I thought it was, I mean, maybe it's both. I yeah, don't even yeah. know. I, I, th- I think I remember even there. Anyway, it's, it, yeah, but I, I know, I know, I know the idea. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like just tons of rabbits just yeah. destroyed. Everything. And then recently there was like a, a rat plague or a mouse plague in, in, in Australia. And uh, where, oh, oh, I mean, just around here, right? Have you seen all, like usually in the spring right now, you just get, I don't know if they've had it up here or out, is it up here? Which direction? Both, it's right here? up yeah. and out. Up and out, yeah. <laughs> but the, um, the crazy numbers of, of these caterpillars, the gypsy moth things. Oh yeah, they're insane. Those? They're insane. That yeah. was, that, that's yeah. not those are invasive species, yeah. But they aren't like they're not real. I mean, they're real, but like they're not. You can hear them eating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you oh can gosh, hear yeah. them eating at night. You hear. Uh, but they're they're not. They didn't naturally. They're not naturally occurring. Is what I mean. No, it, it was like some French entomologist or something like that crossbred a silkworm and some other kind of moth. Oh my goodness, what a and it was like, it's like yeah, I was like, oh, this would be cool. Yeah, really cool. Uh, it's really cool now that it's like literally destroying acres and acres of of forest and it's like and we don't even have there's no natural predators for them you you, you created no. a bug that tastes gross and so nobody wants it 
So <laughs> interesting. My so, mom goes to war with those things every yeah, year. It's yeah. terrible. So, but but so I, I'm I'm saying that because I got into my ecology thing. It's just like so an ecology is not just mixing things together haphazardly. Got right? it. You yep. can't just take a bunch of spiritual practices that you that you like and say, oh, this one's cool. This one's cool. Let's just let's just mix them together like a like a mad scientist. Mm-hmm. That is, but that's sort of how we're tending to work it now when it comes to people who are sort of spiritual but but not religious if you, if you don't want to be if you if you don't want to be part of a religion and have somebody else making the calls as to what sorts of things you should be doing with your life and how your life practice is going to look mm-hmm. then then it's all on you and you just, just it's, it's up to your personal fancy like what, what do i like i right. like i like this kind of meditation and i like doing this and i like yoga and i like and it's like i mean i i'm i'm preaching to myself here because that is sort of what i'm doing Right, but I I don't. It doesn't feel healthy. It doesn't feel sustainable to me. I, I I'm saying why this because of the because of the, the demand put on you to make those decisions. Partly and partly, yeah, because it's it's. So I mean, in some sense, I guess you need to sort of trust your um, your own subconscious leanings towards certain things. Like maybe maybe yeah. the reason you want to do this is because you, because you need it. Um. You know, because know. It's, ultimately it, any religion was, you know, put together and packaged by someone right. or well, by a so, group so, of people. So the, the upside that you get to, so that's the thing is that when, when you first kind of put together a bunch of, of practices together and say, okay, here's my new religion, I don't think we can, people are ready to recognize it as a religion right away. It's just because sure. you're calling it a religion, right? Sure. People call it a cult yeah. unless unless it gets some street cred, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and the way a religion gets street cred is that it exists for thousands of years. Right. Right. And so something doesn't exist for thousands of years, just like any other ecosystem doesn't exist for hundreds of years, or maybe in some cases, thousands of years. I don't know that much about ecology. Um, unless it works. Unless it works, yeah. right? And so it, it can't just be a recipe that you made up. I mean, it can be. That's, that's obviously what we're all experimenting with. And we all also seem to be experimenting with varying degrees of mental health um, <laughs> problems now. <laughs> Getting to the top of slippery slopes and letting go <laughs> with, with our freaking cell phones. Yeah. So I don't know. So on, on one sense, it's just like that is the way our culture works is we, we self-curate. We decide the stuff mm-hmm. we want to include in our lives. But at the same time, we're all wondering, why does my life feel so untethered ungrounded and Mm. meaningless and it's like maybe it's because i mean for me what i'm where where i'm pushing myself is like okay i i need to to be willing to give up some of that that individuality and Mm. be a i mean because in some sense that's what being a part of something bigger looks like sacrificing yourself to something bigger right it's like you you don't get the benefit of, of something bigger and it actually being bigger if you're just going to take a little piece of it and put it inside you. Now it's something smaller, right? Got it. If it's actually going to be something bigger, it has to envelop you a bit. Right. And I don't I don't think in a healthy um, dynamic of that, that means that your agency just goes away and you become a mindless zombie that just takes orders. Right. Right? Like a, a, a healthy ecology is going to, I mean, I, actually, I don't know if I want to use that word. A healthy religion yeah. is going to look like people in proper relationships that ratio well together where it's like i'm i'm in connection with somebody who, who I, I give you know i give a certain level of of authority to somebody over me like mm-hmm. a, maybe a, a like pastor. a marriage yeah in, oh, yeah 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 that's interesting yeah that, that's a good example it's like the marriage isn't bigger than you if you just use the other person right right in order for it to actually be something that rules over both of you and keeps you together you're not 
you're not just going based on what you feel like doing anymore. You're putting something in stone and saying, this is now a new container that holds us yes. and holds us together. Yeah. Right? It's not a decision that we're going to make every day. It's a decision we're going to make once. Yes. And we're going to choose to to follow through with that decision all, all the time, right? Yes. So yeah, I, I, I think, and it's, it's funny because, so I think marriage is one of the best analogies for religion and why it's important actually to commit to a community because, but it's funny to see that in a culture that is gradually, you know, that that has already kind of gotten over religion, yes. it's like kind of not really into it anymore, that our next step of it seems to be that we're also not really that into marriage anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it, because it's like, that's the same thing. I don't, I don't want to have some other abstract decision or law over me that kind of pre- prevents my personal decision making. That that feels like too too much. Right. But it's actually... Yeah, be, and and the you know the rationality for that is well, it's restricting my freedom, mm-hmm. but you know too many as we know in the cereal aisle, too many choices is actually paralyzing. Yeah, and and not only that, but it's like when you, when you get into even in the cereal aisle, there's too many choices. You don't necessarily go for the healthiest option. You go for the option that end up, ends up being best at stealing your attention. Right, and so. You right. don't actually, if, if, if you try not to sort of commit to a mm. relationship or a religion, you're still going to find yourself in repeated patterns. They're just not going to be intentional ones. You're just going to be suffering deeply with many addictions, mm. right? Like, that's just what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your you're 24 hours is still, you still have 24 you're hours. You're still to... looking for repetition. You're still looking for some some substance, some sense of, of identity and that comes from from repetition. I think it's like uh, this is what I do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's like if if you can't, uh, I don't know. So I guess I guess I'm implying that if you make those decisions yourself, they're going to be bad. I don't think that's necessarily always true. But it's just, I guess it's just I think there needs to be some some balance, some ratio between your own decision making and and what has worked in, historically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like obviously you look at Christianity and say that worked like that. That look at the Crusades. Look at I mean look at look at Christians now. Look at some some of the ha- most hateful people out there are Christians. It's like sure. you're saying that works. And it's like, well, yeah, it's it, well compared to what? Right, compared to what? And also, it's like I, I don't think I want to to try to give some utopian vision for um, you know, no. the way it's like no. <laughs> you want to find a religion full of or of perfect people or a perfect community. <laughs> Then that's probably not a place that you could you could viably participate in because you're not perfect either. Right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Where you do think you deserve to be. Yeah. 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 No. I. I yeah. Yeah. We are certainly, um, you know, falling prey to whatever grabs our attention because of our lack of structure. So you're 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 down to to give that to me. What's that? So, so you you're, you're, you 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 agree with me there, but for yet, sure. But but you said that you were finding yourself more agreeing with with John Verveke's kind of um, we've got to we've got to mix and match a little bit, or like when we got to that point in our conversation, that was obviously something we disagreed on. Um, yeah, and yeah. and not in a way that I mean I I have so so much immense respect for that guy still, but like it's like obviously we're, we're landing somewhere slightly different there. He he. Mm-hmm. thinks it's possible to well I, I think it's possible too i just i don't necessarily have as much 
faith in it, maybe that that it, that you can just kind of start over and just make up your own. Set. I mean, so he's he's still he still has a, an intelligent way of going about it. He, he's not just saying you can mix and match anything. Right. He still says you need to develop an ecology of of practices, but he's saying you can develop develop one or like he's trying to develop an ecology of practices but i I don't and it's like well let me let me try so you know being you get your religion based on your parents okay yeah right and that is completely random yeah so this you know what he's doing is is still he's still still trying to um you know uh uh he's still he's still looking at what works yeah well yeah i, I guess i should say he's he's not i i misspoke i said that he's trying to sort of make up his own he he is deeply connected to a tradition it's just not quite a religion he's he's right. like into neoplatonism right sure sure so I, so but I, even I, I even if that. he's more mix mix and match you know he's taking a little bit of hinduism and a little bit of buddhism and a little bit of christianity yeah. and he's looking at what resonates with him in all of those those um, practices. Yeah. He's he's still looking at what works, and it's it's what he's doing is is creating that ecology. Uh, he's creating the ecology instead of the the uh, the tradition being thrust upon him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, that's that's interesting to say. So, but he, he, that he's still he's still looking at what's worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. The easy argument to push back is just like, okay, well, you know, look at any animal that's evolved right now, and it, it's worked. It got to this point. It's 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 its survival strategy has been viable in the environment that it was in. But if you remove it from that environment and put it somewhere else, it's not so viable anymore, and it disrupts that other environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that might be partly the case. But I, I think that I think that's still onto something. I, th- I think that it's like it, you should still pay attention to ancient traditions. I mean, that's something that I feel compelled to do. I like, it's like I think it's interesting for me to to learn about um and it's like i, I could have conversations with a buddhist hmm. um or obviously i can have conversations with with john verveke a neoplatonist although i mean that's a little bit more in line with christianity considering sure. how much i mean there's there's a lot of christian neoplatonists as well um but like i i think you can i think you can do some of that but i, I think it's probably a matter of um where does the center of your your narrative lie is it still on you because I mean that's part of what what I still um, struggle oh, with about see what you're saying. about my the tradition I even grew up with right where it was that it was so much about me and even it's saying so it's about me and my relationship with God it was still it still felt like it was so much just about me mm-hmm. that all the ways I learned even how to pray were very personal and and even it was like okay I go through a list of I, I pray for my family I pray for my friends I pray for but in all of those sentences I'm just hearing I and my mm-hmm. And then I look at, you know, some of the most, and I don't think it's necessarily as much of a dichotomy as I'm making it out, but I'm just kind of noticing at least a little bit of a difference that like, okay, something like the Lord's Prayer, you don't say me or I once in that right. entire prayer, right? It's it's about our. our, right? And so it's, it's for one thing, it's taking your own personal identity and lifting your, you up out of that and into like thinking about Christianity or maybe just humanity or maybe existence. Like who's the our? Sure. Who's the us, right? Yeah. And then it's all about God and us somehow coming together in better relationships. So it's not about, it, it doesn't just kind of pinprick around me. It's like this whole this story about meaning and about existence is bigger than me. And it's not about, it doesn't center on my life. It's like my life is being 
pulled into something that like there's a there's a deeper center there's a deeper meaning that I, I get to participate in rather than it being just I'm out here in the universe and like I can at least make myself better or whatever you get what I'm saying yeah but all all we can do, you know all we can do is make our ourselves better like I I have you know no control over anyone else I mean unpack that for me so how how do you mean you have no control over anybody else I mean, like, I'm talking to you right now. I'm sharing my ideas, sure. and that's potentially influencing the yeah, way you're going to no, look at no, the world, guess, right? That's yeah. that's influencing you. Yeah. And and you're you're pushing back, and you're making me think about things differently. Sure, sure. I guess. I, you know, like I just think of the I don't know who said it, but like all you can all you can offer to the world is yourself. Like you know, your your way of being. Like talk is cheap as well, right? Like you're the sure. the like way actions, you yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I think there's. I, I think it's probably. I would just disagree with the all. It's like, I, I think it, it's just a matter of putting things. Like, I think what when somebody makes kind of a, a statement like that, it's probably because mm. somebody's attention is getting too caught up in things that they don't have as much direct uh, responsibility for. And it's like, okay, you need to. I mean, this is like Peterson's whole thing was, okay, clean your room, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like, get your focus back on the things that, that have to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, anytime you get in a place where people have really rejected that, they need a stern talking to. Like, you got to get your priorities straight. But I don't think that, that getting your priorities straight means the only thing that should matter to you is yourself and your own family and your own house. It's just remembering that's what, where to start. Right. It's that's where you start. Yeah. It's not where, that's not the end of the thing. Right. And like, obviously, even. If you're like, if if you are a full on fan of Jordan Peterson, you see that that's not what he's doing with his life either. He's clearly not. He's he's starting right. He's starting with. Hopefully, he's starting with his own home. It seems like he's he's got a strong relationship with his family and yep. stuff like that. But he's also trying to change the world. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so clearly, I mean, you you can affect the world as well by talking, mm-hmm. by saying things, by spreading ideas, by punching people in the face, whatever. Like sure, <laughs> sure. But to go, so to go back to, um, you know, say, uh, your, your discussion with John, uh, about being, you know, having the ecology of practices or what yeah. do you say? Ecology of yeah, ecology of practice practices. Yeah. And then you saying, no, you've got to be monogamous and commit. Um, is it just down to, do you have to be like, because I yeah, like that. do you have to because like, like, if you if you yeah like if you commit to the one thing like you know when you say you believe something mm-hmm. now you you've precluded the opposite from being true well it, I, I think that's it just comes down to the, the framework that we tend to have it's like if we are working in a sort of overly mathematical language sure yeah, and we, we're yeah. talking about believing in things and, and truth in terms of like math, right? Like it's like, okay, when it comes to adding two plus two, as far as the rules of math go, there is one true answer, right? Right. But as far as me getting married to somebody, right, there are many people that I could be true to. Sure. Right. Okay. And that's like, that's a different, that's a different kind of true, right? It's truth. And and that's actually where the linguistic history of the word even comes from is troth, like betrothed. Wow. So being true doesn't necessarily have to do with with reasonably working out in all circumstances or in all um, situations Mm. you might use that word. Truth also has to do with being faithful to something or someone, right? And so, yeah, so I'm not saying that, 
like like what you just said okay this is actually sorry i'm interrupting myself over and over again here but uh this just reminded me that this is a big part of 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 john's project is that he says um you know he doesn't say he's an atheist he doesn't say he's a theist he says he's a non-theist right which is his way of sort of escaping out of that conversation he says i reject the dichotomy that atheists and christians both accept which is that you know either god exists or he doesn't sure right or or like it's he wants to get outside of that um, way of thinking about truth and God's truth yep. is that it's it's that truth is is not these sorts of truths are not about that and then, and then he has his whole like four P's of knowing it's like you don't just know things by knowing that they're the case you know have you heard him talk about no. his four P's okay um, so he has propositional knowing perspectival knowing procedural knowing and participatory knowing okay Let's see if I can remember all four of them because it, <laughs> it's 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 funny because I like his main point is that we've we've so overemphasized uh, propositional knowing that we kind of forget that other sorts of knowledges are legitimate, and so it's actually it's harder for me I think to remember the other three other sure. than propositional because I don't think about that sort of knowledge as much. I haven't mm. my my environment doesn't doesn't teach me to think about that kind of knowledge as much, even though it's it's perfectly real and like when I think about it, it's like yeah that's totally real or that's like that's perfectly legitimate um so so propositional knowledge is you know whether something is the case or not whether it's true or false in in a very sort of technical mathematical sense like it is the case that i am here in the legendary what's it called the legendary legendary motor car yeah i'm here at the legendary motor car company and we're recording a podcast right now that is true that's a fact right that's propositional knowledge yep i know that yeah um procedural knowledge though that's not the knowledge of whether something is the case that's how to do something right so I, like i drove here um but driving isn't so much a matter of like thinking through technically uh right now should i shift into first gear and how far should i it's it's not like thinking through n- numerical values of how deep i should cl- push the clutch in as i'm changing gears yep. or which it's like there, there's an element of that but a lot of it is very much a flowing of, of things mm-hmm. going into each mm-hmm. other. And it's like learning how to drive isn't learning how to make answer a whole bunch of questions technically. It's about learning the flow of driving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's not the same kind of knowledge. Right. That's that's a procedure that you learn yeah. how to do. And it's stored in a different part of your brain. So it's 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 very objectively noted, um, verifiable that this is a different sort of knowledge we, we, or it's a different kind of memory, right? So there's um, propositional knowledge. I forget what, what kind of memory he says that's in, but he says procedural knowledge is stored in procedural memory. Um, and then there's perspectival knowledge, which is what it's like to be here right now. Mm. That's not how to be here right now. That's not whether it's the case. It's, I mean, there's, there's a very real sense of, of here-ness and now-ness sure. in every moment. Uh, and knowing, experiencing that isn't something that can be summed up by saying it's the case or, or saying how to do it. It's like, it's just a thing. It's like, I'm, I know, I'm knowing that I'm here right now. That's something that I'm doing right now. So I'm knowing that. And, uh, and what that's like is, is not, it's not a whole bunch of um, technical values about your environment. It's not saying that I know the curtain is black and the table is this. It's like, it's more abstract than that. It's like, what does it feel like to be in this room with these, this, this furniture and this person? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's stored in episodic memory, he says. Okay. Um, and then, so okay, so procedural, propositional, perspectival, and then the final one is participatory. 
And this one's the most confusing to me, I think, because I, it, I, I'm not, I, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to define it well enough because it seems like it kind of overlaps with some of the other ones in some ways. Right. But participatory knowledge is interesting because it's about uh, roles. It's about, it's sort of howness. It's sort of hereness and nowness. It's what I, I, th- I think it's, it's sort of summed up as like, okay, I, knowing how to be or, or having a, a sort of an identity, a role in the world. So it's like, mm. if I'm somebody, I, I guess being able to act out that role, no, it's, it's different than that. But it's like, okay, yeah, if you know how to drive a car, you are a driver. Right. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, if you're a podcaster, you, it's like that, that's a thing. You know how to put on that hat. Sure. And all of the different roles that you, so I, I guess it's sort of knowing places in the world that you could step into and be a certain thing. Mm. So that, mm-hmm. that's a certain kind of knowledge is knowing, okay. uh, being able to perceive roles and being able to perceive yourself as somebody who could fit into that role. I think that's how to, how, how to describe it best. Um, again, I'm not the one that's studying this yeah, or writing about yeah. it. I'm just trying to learn from John Vervicki here. But um, he says that all of like your cl- whole collection of all of those different types of perspectival, or sorry, um, participatory knowledge that you have as a person is stored in a special type of memory called the self, right? Okay. It's like when you think about yourself, it's like, what, how can I, how do I be in the world? Sure. Right. So, so the first, the first type of knowledge is the propositional type of knowledge. And then there's these, those other three that we kind of just f- yep. forget. We don't really take as legitimate. Um, man, I, I knew going off on that long, tangent i was i was gonna forget where how, how i got there or why i was trying to explain that but well i think it, i think it was just back to the the monogamy versus polygamy okay um oh yeah yeah and the, and the dichotomy of just whether okay so you said there's a uh if i say i believe in this god or i believe in christianity that that precludes that all their religions are false right or or belief in anything well okay like a hundred percent you know, I get, and and I guess you can, you you know, end up being a probability of of sorts. Sure. Well, uh, so I, I think it all connects to what we've talked about already. It's like so, believing in anything is a matter of faith, and it's not like the faith isn't like when I choose to take a step forward on the ground, I am acting as if it's, you know, as if it's possible, as if it's likely that yes. when I put my weight onto that foot, I'm going to stand on it and it's going to hold me up. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm. That that doing that doesn't doesn't preclude that there are no other possible places I could step, mm-hmm. right? I just like it's just the yeah like that's that, that the appropriate that's the, yeah that's the appropriate way to do it. But okay, so let me let me give you this analogy of of you know uh, the the monogamy you, you know you as a tool the yeah. religion is one religion is a tool and the tool is uh whatever a piece of wood as a lever to get your car unstuck yeah. and you use it and you get unstuck and you leave it behind you don't you don't strap right. it to your car okay, and drive okay. around with with a log yeah expend that's, a, that's an interesting idea like sort of expendable tools yeah okay. um you know uh you have a certain type of suffering in your life and the certain the certain perspective or uh you know meditate say maybe, maybe meditation helps you create the space in your life that you needed mm-hmm. um around the suffering and but you don't want to be trapped by being a meditator and if you don't have the time or circumstances in your life to meditate you know, you don't want to be trapped as a meditator. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And so it's in my mind, it's having that, that flexibility to hang on tightly to a method, but let go lightly. Right. But so I, I think, so I think that the relationship analogy is stronger than I had initially Mm, assumed. I think, I think it, it really reaches into this discussion pretty well because so if I were to flip it around and say, instead, yeah, yeah. instead of talking about tools again, let's talk about people and relationships. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, there are some friendships that come into my life that get me through a hard time, mm. right? Like somebody really carries me through something, but then, you know, maybe our interests didn't align deeply enough that we needed to be best friends forever. Or maybe we just had a really good conversation, but that's all that all that needed to happen. So I can leave them behind. It's like that's not devaluing them. It's just not putting them in the position of being my best friend. Or you know, or, or I mean, when it comes to like a romantic relationship, it's like I'm, I'm not going to put them in the position of being my wife. Sure. Right. But does that mean that you shouldn't have a, a wife. person? Does yeah. that mean you shouldn't have just just because friendship, yeah. just because fra- casual friendships can exist? Does that mean that you shouldn't have a family? Right. Right. It's like you need yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to have fullness yeah, to your good. life. Right. Right. So I, I think that it's it's perfectly okay to like I I have really enjoyed learning how to do some yoga. Mm. That has been a really cool and powerful tool for me. Yep. Um but it's not a central part of my life. It's not my religion. So it's like I, I to me it's fine to go and try out stuff like that. It's I really enjoy and have found some deep insights from learning uh, different mythologies mm-hmm. and learning stories from different religions, even even dead ancient religions that nobody practices anymore. It's like some of those stories are really powerful and they, you know, cause me to think about things in a deep way. It's like, it, that's not, just because, like, appreciating those isn't anti-Christian. Right. Right? Like, being able to appreciate that another person is a really great person, um, you know, who's not your family isn't, that doesn't, yeah, yeah. I that get doesn't it. devalue having a family. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and I don't know what I believe, right? I'm just trying sure, to sure. play devil's advocate a little yeah, bit. No, I mean, yeah, I keep going. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, it's like th- this is where this is the the frontier of of what I'm trying to explore right now as a yeah as a person too who's like trying to find their way in the world. <laughs> yeah, because. I mean, wh- wh- where is this? Where is this landing for you? Where is it challenging you? Because I, I, I see it kind of. <laughs> because it's uh, like a, a, you know, say you commit, like committing to one, one, um, committing to religion, like one practice. Are we gonna hear that? No, no. You know, there's always something above it. If if it's if it's truth or God is at the top yeah. of the mountain, and then the the practice isn't it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The practice is just a practice, right. and and you don't. I'm I'm wary of the practice becoming a trap. Right. Well, and I I think that's a really great point. Yeah, because and I think what you're what you're describing is 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 just idolatry. Right. Yes, I agree. So yeah. it's like if, yeah. if you. If you, yeah, essentially, if you let the practice become the thing, if you forget mm. that the practice is, mm. is is merely a sign, and yes. it may be an incredibly good sign, it may be an incredibly, it's like it's like confusing the path with the mountain, yes. right? It's like the path might be a really, really good path, but the path isn't the mountain. Yes. The path is a way 
Yeah. And it's like, even that's the language that's already in Christianity, even though that's not necessarily the way a lot of Christians talk about it, is that Christ claims to be the way. Yes. The tr- and it's like the truth. Very Taoist. Truth in, in that, yeah, exactly. In that context, the way, yeah. the truth is like the thing that you could trust, the thing that you could betroth yourself to, the thing that you could have a trusting relationship with. Mm-hmm. And that's what life should be like. The way the truth. Does he say the, the way the truth and the life or the way the truth and the light? I forget. Ooh, that's, but I, I thought it was light, but yeah, I, I don't I'm know. I'm not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mix that up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's like... It, it, so I see what you mean. It's a good like, point. I, yeah, like that is that is idolatry. But yeah, so maybe 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 they're not mutually exclusive. Um, you know, maybe you just have to constantly keep in mind that that your method is not, yeah, is not it. Your method is is not right. the. Isn't, but at the same time, it's like you, you remember that you know, like you and I are both married, mm-hmm. right? It's like marriage is really great. Yeah right? <laughs> it's it's not it. It's not like there was, like, I don't know if you believe in the one or whatever, but it's like, it doesn't matter if, if she was the one. She is mine, she, yeah, right? Yep. Like, we're, we're each other's. Yep. And this is like, there's something really is. important and really beautiful about holding on to that and, yep. and being willing to, like, give myself up to that, yep. you know? Yep. Yep. And it's like, I, I think, I think we can, we can value religion without being, it's like a, maybe dogma is necessary. I don't, I, probably. Um, but I, I think, I don't think religion has to be idolatry. No, 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 no. And I agree. And I think, and I think, you know, I can't, um, I can't escape your, your marriage analogy. Cause I think that's apt. And I think it, you know, it, uh, you have, we have, we have a, uh, you know, um, we have one life, we have a finite amount of time, uh, and commitment, you know, we don't, we don't get to, we don't have infinite, it's not a video game, you don't get to start again and do it a different way, you... It's not that we know. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Right, yeah, the Hindus might say otherwise, (laughs) but at least in, in one life, yeah, you have to, you have to commit to certain things and, and, yeah, and do it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do stuff. Yep. <laughs> I, have you seen that um, on, there was a kind of a clip going around on, on Twitter. Um, with this guy, he has a, he has a graph and it's like, it goes like from one to nine on both sides. And one side is the um, figure it out side. Find out side. Oh, the find out side. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so it's like, if you want to, to find out, he reveals the other part of the graph is you have to fuck around. Yeah, to fuck and it, around and find <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, and if you, let's say, if you want to find out a level of nine, yeah, you have to fuck around a value of nine in order to, to right. But, so, but so, that's but that's my that's my problem is right? is that religion is going to keep you at a five. Is it though? So so I I don't like, know I don't know. So but the, the, so I think what religion is and. This is maybe um, <laughs> mixing mixing some some. I think I think religion might be uh, well described as deeply fucking around. Sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because most people don't don't. Because I, I don't think yeah. that level nine is is doing lots of stuff. It's it's maybe it's doing something mm. really really deeply. Yes, right? yes, yes. I agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That that's why that analogy I think comes to mind is like, I, I, unless you commit to something, you don't get to discover what it's like to commit to something over your lifetime. Yeah, and 
yeah, there's a huge drawback to that because if you if you commit to something, let's say like you you if you make the a bad decision and you marry somebody who is a really toxic person or whatever, may, I don't know maybe 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 there's a there's a time and a place where where divorce needs to become a serious option, but like you don't want to jump there, mm-hmm. right? You gotta like if you want to find out if it's possible to get through deep struggling with somebody, it's like any marriage is going to be hard. Sure. So yeah. I, I don't think you know super super early whether or not your level of hardness is 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 impossible to get through. Or, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So it's, I, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I like the fuck around and find out graph. <laughs> you only get to a level nine of fucking around through religion. Yeah. You- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, I don't know how much longer how, No, how man, we can you go forever, around, but, but I hope I hope I hope this has been interesting at least and I hope Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I I enjoy these. I don't know you and I have probably had such a different upbringing, but like it's so uh you know, I love having these types of conversations and uh, with a willing participant, yeah. not just giving someone an ear beating. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, you've been you've been fun to talk to in this. And I don't know it's like whenever I can think about this again and have have somebody ask questions that I wouldn't ask, then I'm going to I'm going to see things from a different angle. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I've been messing around with this kind of uh, analogy that's helped me to um, for, for conversation. I, I want to. I was like writing something to do with it. I don't know what what I'm going to do with it. I might try to fish. It was like sort of like an essay thing. I don't know. It sounds pretentious to call it an essay. I wrote some stuff down, mm, yeah. <laughs> some ideas. Yeah. Um. And I might maybe I'll put it on my channel at some point. I don't know. But it it was about. I was messing with this I- idea of metaphysical trigonometry, which is I was just trying to take the analogy of that like when you're the the reason you can perceive depth with your eyes is because your brain has figured out how to do trigonometry right it's figured out how to triangulate between your two eyes so literally it's like your eyes are this far away from each other got it and so they're look they're seeing how much they have to kind of do this they're turning they're making a triangle yep and then they're saying okay that's how far it is away right but that's broken through the wall of that, that that if you have two eyes you can literally see another dimension of knowledge about the universe you've mm. broken into the third dimension by having True. two eyes right right and so it's like i think that if two eyes can perceive the physical world in a deeper dimension then perhaps two sort of soulish perspectives sure can break into like a deeper perspective on seeing things and i think that's a lot of what conversation's about too Oh, for sure and that's and i'm sure that's why you and i listen to podcasts and yeah. listen to lectures yeah, yeah. You know, because it's how many times do you have a response? Where you, like, <laughs> yeah, like oh, you want to talk? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's like, that's why I started a podcast. It's just because yeah. I because <laughs> I just want to talk to people. I, like I got to tell them what I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, for sure, for sure. It is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so many analogies there. You know, the the friction for the diamond, the whatever, the polishing the mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, iron sharpens iron and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Thanks for coming on. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. We'll do it again. Let's do it. Yeah.